0: You want to book as much acting work as you can as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that, and the art is more interesting than that.
1: By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. Here's the truth. When you bring your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader, the kind of actor who books work.
0: Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera, and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, And book work doing it.
1: We're here on the podcast in our online classes at the BGB Studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership.
0: Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the acting podcast from the BGB Studio.
1: Welcome, everybody, to season two of The Acting Podcast. This episode was recorded earlier in the year, pre-COVID, and we're excited to finally share it with you. We find the conversation in this episode to be relevant, vital, and inspiring, now, in fact, more than ever. Keep listening and enjoy. Today, we are talking to Audrey Moore, actor and super-actors advocate and champion. Audrey is one of the most committed, hardworking, talented actors around, and she's taken leadership in her career, a leadership that has grown her career in significant and visible ways, and we're going to talk about that. We've known Audrey for a while. She's been in class here at BGB, and we've watched her become such a warrior for actors' careers, as well as her own, empowering actors to rise up while giving them a hardcore dose of reality and access to practical business information. We're so excited to spend time with Audrey on the podcast today and share her story and her candid approach to her work and yours, along with her fierce, passionate approach to all of it. So Audrey is a working actor with credits that include her series' regular role in the Netflix show Godless, as well as many recurring and guest appearances on Better Call Saul, Lucifer, The OA, Castle Rock, and many, many more. Audrey also hosts a hugely popular podcast, Audrey Helps Actors, in which she talks with other working actors and industry experts about the struggles and opportunities of being a working professional. As a devoted advocate, Audrey has helped countless actors become more informed and inspired about their careers in the industry. So we're thrilled to have Audrey join us for this episode of the Acting Podcast. Hi, Audrey. Hi. Hello.
2: Yay. See, I'm already really loud.
1: You're not loud. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. No, no, you're not, you're not loud. You're, you're, you're okay. present. Yeah, I'm quite present. And that's the most important thing. So great. this is great. I was yeah. on your podcast. Now you you're were. here it's on like, our it's podcast. It's like the CSI crossover
0: <laughs> Yeah, it is. Episode. The podcast yeah. crossover episode. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Are we not Miami? Yet.
0: I think, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. we're, well, I guess we're New York. David I did, Caruso? You're New York. Yeah, not David Caruso.
2: I'm probably Miami.
1: Are you? Why do you say that?
2: A little silly.
1: Is that what Uh, it was?
2: Don't you think? I mean, well, it had to be so, Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let's just jump in. Right. And uh, let's just talk about what you, uh, your your acting career, just in terms of, just tell us just a quick pop about how things started. Sure. um, And, uh, you know, what inspired that. Acting. What was that burning thing? We talk about that a lot. You know, mm. what was that thing that that bell that went off that said, "I have to do this for the rest of my
2: life"? Sure. I would say, you know, it's a question I love to ask actors that you know I talk to, and it's almost always the same thing, which is like my parents started giving me attention. So I feel pretty confident that that was the birth of Audrey as an actress. I did a play when I was seven. My mom came to see it, and she was like, "You are the only one that I could hear," <laughs> and I was like. Ding, ding, mom's affection, sign me up. So then I started doing it in junior high school and then went on. And I don't know, you know, I always felt really lucky. It never actually felt like a choice that I made. It felt like something that from very early on was it for me. I was good at it. I think for a long time it's true just because I am loud. And So what
1: what does good at it mean? What did it mean to you then?
2: uh, You know, I guess everyone... Growing up, you have like skills or things that people acknowledge that you, you know, even affirming your goodness. So that would be like large roles in plays or positive uh, feedback in acting class, Mm -hmm. any of that sort of stuff. And, you know, I love I, I love attention. I love to be in the spotlight. I love. Those sorts of things that I think at like an 11-year-old is excited about it. And then I grew to love, I would say, the craft and the experience of building a character, being connected with people, creating worlds. I've always been a person who really lives in imagination. And I've also always been a person who loves hard work. So that's a really good fit for an actor. And it's only recently that I started to discover that actually most actors are pretty... Uh, socially awkward and quiet people who then come alive in acting. I always thought that everyone was sort of like me, like a little bit of a an extroverted clown, and so like that's why we're actors. And mm-hmm. I've discovered that no, I'm just an extroverted clown, <laughs> also. I am an actor.
0: And what's that bridge from that attention, which I think mm-hmm. we all on some level understand, mm-hmm. uh, and the validation almost. So yeah, right. You describe yourself as loud, which isn't mm-hmm. necessarily even volume. It's the willingness to step out and say, in a group, my mm-hmm. voice will be heard now, or I have an, a point of view that I'm going to express. Sure. But what's that bridge between that and love of craft? Because I think there is space in between those two things.
2: There is. Yeah, well, I'd say like anything that you sign up for that you love, there is the thing that immediately it brings to you, right. and then a discoverer of like, what that actually like growth in that thing actually means. Right. And so I learned pretty early on that to be competitive, I needed to be better and that being better came along with certain skill sets and then you sort of discover and I think this is true for all levels of your career, does this new set of skill sets that you sort of need to harness and master and the time, energy and money required to master those skill sets does that stand up to your current level of passion?
0: And then the question is, though, is the goal still, though, the validation, mm-hmm. or is it the love of the craft for itself, the pursuit and the exploration is a means to an end, to the validation, or it's wow, this is really fun exploring this stuff?
2: I love that question because I think actors should be really honest with themselves about that. Uh, This idea that being a working actor is something that everyone should do is a little bit of a scam propagated by Hollywood machine to continue to set up this fairy tale about what the circumstances actually are. And I Mm -hmm. call it the Harry Potter syndrome, that Mm -hmm. like you are actually just magical and you're gonna come out and everyone's just gonna witness how magical you are and then you'll be plucked out of obscurity and boom, you'll be Harry Potter, right? Versus the actual real cost of time, energy and money on the pursuit of what I think is like an actually an Olympic pursuit. If you think of the numbers, if you think of the real skill required, if you think of the investment of all things, the uh, sacrifice to you, to your loved ones in terms of being able to be present for them versus being present for the work. I actually think it's more along the lines of being an Olympic athlete and really being honest with yourself, like how much of you, you... do you want to pursue it for like applause and validation, and then how much of it is your actual passion sure. for the work? And
0: what's that ratio for you? If again, oh, in that, in that yeah. moment of for like me, the fierce inventory, the and honesty, it may, and it may have changed, but right Honestly, now, probably depends on the day. I yeah, suspect, yeah right?
2: I feel it's a real. That's actually a really fluid thing, sure. right? Because
0: and that's okay. In
2: doing and having, the, I do think you have to have a to really do the work, to like do the work. I mean, I talked to an actor like so much of my life because of the podcast is like actors just talking to me wherever I go about their whole, I'm sure you guys get the same thing about like their whole career journey, right? <laughs> and I was talking to this actor and the actor said, you know, wow, it's just a lot of, I was just telling them about all the work and they were like, it's just a lot of work to do for something that you may get cast in and then will likely get cut out of. And I was like, that's correct. So (laughs) are you in or are you out, right? And I find that if you're gonna do it for attention only, I don't, unless you're like really (laughs) sociopathically arrogant, right? I don't know that that's gonna last too long
1: well if also if you're looking just for the applause that's right then you then, then it's a long road to get to the applause that's right or so. you
2: might put yourself in positions where you'll continue to get the applause in certain areas but you're not actually getting the growth in your career mm-hmm. so you might stay in a class that continues to just applaud you for being magical whereas you're not actually maybe making the strides and growth that you'd like to in terms of booking and growing your actual professional career you might not take risks that require 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 a lot of uh, ego destruction right because it's humiliating in the beginning and if you're really in it for the applause and the affirmation that's where I notice actors really sort of starting to hide. For me I would say I love the validation of booking a job I love the validation and applause of finishing a day on set and having the director or the leads come up to me and say, like, Audrey, we just want you to know we just talked to our lead actor and they said, like, you are the best guest star they think they've ever had on the show. Like, that to my soul feels so delicious and yummy. But to get to that, a real love of sitting down and doing the work when nobody's even asking for it. That's really, I think, a different level. And then I would even add to that, there's a love for the craft, and then there's a love for, I'd say, the craft of the business side. Sure. And discovering that both, for me, discovering both are creative, both can be incredibly fulfilling and exciting, and both ultimately, if working together, can lead to better, more sustainable results.
0: Sure. What's interesting, I think, is like um, you talked about being plucked from obscurity. Mm-hmm. What people don't say, like they think that's a threshold that's crossed and then like everything past that's the yeah. promised land. But like yes. that validation comes and also doesn't come mm-hmm. uh, when you're in that position of being the series regular or, or winning all the awards uh, as well, which is really challenging and something people don't talk about. So the question is, if we are in it for the validation and many people are and how could you mm-hmm. not be? The mm-hmm. audience's applause is incredible. Yeah. Uh, do you then have those moments of the invalidation, which mm-hmm. also happen? Macro and microaggressions that are happening pretty consistently. So, how do you, Mm. who like self proclaimed love the validation, Mm -hmm. which I love that honesty, Mm -hmm. how do you also deal with the invalidation? What happens consistently as well?
2: Yeah, I think that you know, this this thing where they where people tell you like it's going to be hard, like one of the things I hear the most from actors is like nobody's actually telling you what that means, or they say rejection is hard, yeah, but nobody's ever really breaking that down to you. And what I really have experienced personally is the rejection is hard, but it's actually not that 24-hour like gap after you've like learned that you didn't get something. That's that's a hard 24 to however many days that goes for you, depending on the opportunity, right? What's actually hard is the way that that then affects your attitude for your attack for the next opportunity. That's where I find it becomes really insidious and really destructive to the actor. So, so you,
1: you mean like you know, 50 self-tapes and, and nothing.
2: That's right, yeah. so, or more likely, uh, let's say 50 self-tapes, one that you get really close to and it is a big opportunity and you are pinned and you suddenly feel like the validation of like, it's not all been for nothing and you're so excited. And you try not to get excited, but oh, you really wanted, and you like contact your agents, and your agents are like, please, like I'm not holding out information on you, like I promise. And then it turns out you didn't get it. Mm. And then what I find is it's actually maybe you think just doing this fifty self tapes is hard. But when you do the fifty self tapes, get really close and then lose it, then to get up and have the same sort of attack or greater passion, enthusiasm, love. and and even if that means, you know, calling in reinforcements, you know calling a friend, calling a teacher, calling a coach, and saying, like, this is another big opportunity, but after the loss of that last hit, my attitude is suffering, and I want to continue to do the best work possible. Can you come over and help me? Can you help me get my attitude out of the gutter? So what is
0: that for you? What what is like for Audrey, like break glass in case of like utter rejection? I have Those moments that like, you know, the agent drops you, like those big moments that actors all have.
2: Yes. You know, what you say, I think is really true, that the better you get at this actually the more that happens yeah right the The more more you win then the more the the hot the bigger the loss right yeah yeah. Yeah. so so your capacity for handling that I do think becomes a part of your growth process sure so I have a few things I mean I do I'm so lucky in that I well like and also I've created a really great uh, group of resources as far as just people is concerned right so I think the first thing that that for me I find really valuable is knowing that the attitude is number one. Like if I don't have a good attitude, my work suffers, my attack suffers. And then when the results suffer, I feel mad at myself because I didn't give it the attack that it needed to. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely, you know, I don't love not getting a job if I've given it all my go, but I'm also, I'm, I can surrender to that. I really can How? surrender. How do
0: you do that? And I'm, I want to drill sure. down because like, yeah, this no, is I love practical it. shit that No, it is, you know, that yeah. people don't
2: get to. I think, you know, you talk so much with the guests that you've had so much on this podcast already about knowing how the business works. I'm married to a filmmaker. Uh, He's second generation in the business. I have the podcast. I talk. I'm so informed. I listen to so many things. I really know what's going on on the other side. I really do. And so... I know actually that it's not personal, but that's something that you really have to seek out the knowledge of because there's somebody telling you it's not personal, but once you're really on the other side, once you can see the forest from the trees, once you can see that it is like the actresses that you had on your most recent episode, a a haircut sometimes, right? And once you have the practical information that that's so often the case, to me, then it becomes really about relationships over time and the passion for the work staying consistent in my heart, right? So when I know that, like, logistically, it's not personal, that allows me to surrender to the process. So I would say that to anyone who is emotional and has too much of an emotional attachment a- against the win or the loss, I would say... So everyone
0: listening to this podcast. Right, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> all, all of, of yeah, us, all in, of us room, in the room. Yeah. I
2: would say, you know, the first <laughs> thing, the first thing to combat is you know, did you do all that you knew how to do? Now, there may be something that you actually need to get better at. You may need to get better if you're a writer at pitching. You may need to get better if you're an actor at auditioning. You may need to, as an actor, get better at, you know, uh, agent interviews. Like, there may actually be a skill that you need to get better at, but you can't know that you need to get better at it until you've had the, uh, the proper, I would say, data to look at your results and go, okay, maybe I'm actually not as good at that thing as I need to be, right? So that's one thing, but other than that, I think you get feedback of like, you are casting's first choice, everyone loved you, they feel so bad, you know, they want you in it, or whatever that feedback is, and you still feel Bad. then to me, that's an indication that you don't actually maybe have as much information as you could have about how this business runs.
0: And, and so the other side of that then is knowing all that, knowing mm-hmm. what feels seemingly arbitrary about it. Yeah. And yet, you know, talent wins the day ultimately, or at least that uh, you hope it's a meritocracy. Sure, sure. Um, does that then dull your edge when you're walking in going, or, or are you able to let go because of that knowledge in your next self-tape yeah. or, or
2: audition? When I sort of feel like, man, eh, fuck it. I actually work incredibly well in the uh, fuck it space. I have some friends who are actors that when they feel like they're not gonna get it, they soften to a point of disappearing. Hmm. And so I think it's important for an actor to know which one they are. What
1: Mm -hmm. else do you do to allow yourself to get through this, to to not get to where you wanna be at any given moment? Like what are other tools?
2: I mean, I work daily on my attitude. I work every day on my attitude. What
0: specifically is that? Like, what's that you practice?
2: know what changes, uh, and I think actors have to find their own process. Yeah. You know, for me, I have I look every morning at my list of things that I want to accomplish, and some of them are bigger, and some of them are smaller, and. I now can sit in the knowledge that the things that were on my list before I have accomplished. So it makes it a little bit easier sitting on this side, knowing like I have those, I've crossed things off so I can like believe legitimately in my soul. I will likely also cross these things off. Even the things that seem big, I know unless in previous, they also seem big. What's a big one? Well, you know, like getting a series, Mm -hmm. like that was a big one and forever that just seemed really impossible. Um... Going to the Emmys like for that seemed like an impossible thing. And I mean casting directors you guys I was like if I could just get in To this office like not even book not even anything if this Mm. casting director could even just bring me in I would be so happy and now I'm going in for them regularly. So the the, the
0: crossing off of those things.
2: Yes, exactly
0: um, how, How does that affect you in terms of your mindset?
2: You know, when the panic or the doubt or the frustration that can come in for an actor when there are lulls, I can just logistically remember there have been lulls before. Right. There will be lulls again. There have been pops before. There will be pops again. And I can to the best of my ability calm the neuroses down. And and some for some people it's neuroses or some for me, sometimes it's the depression, you know, like whatever that is, right? I also look a lot at, I so I read my list of things I'd like to accomplish. You know, I'll do reading of anything that inspires me. For some people, that's maybe something spiritual, for something that's maybe more self-helpy, for some people that's maybe actually looking at work that really inspires them. I've done any of those combinations depending on what's happening, but I really schedule it and I commit to it. And- Is that hard for you? Mm, some days, yeah. some days it is, but. You know, I would say generally I'm a I'm a positive person. First of all, I would also say generally um, I have a lot of grit. So though I don't feel like doing something, I'll do it anyway. And I know that that's not true for a lot of people.
0: And I'm struck by that because it's so interesting, even like as you talk about mm. being seven years old in the play and mm. that there's a sense of motivation in you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wanting to make the lists and cross them off. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that something that was innate in you? Were you born with that? God, and what a and good again, question. I'm thinking about even yeah. the series regulars at our studio who yeah, have come sure. off nine, 10, 13 years on a show that's and are struggling right. to like... So what is the next step? Yeah. How do I get motivated to you know, do a self-tape or whatever? Yeah. Is that something that, that you learned or were you always like this?
2: I mean, maybe it's just because I'm Irish. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I mean, possibly, I don't know. Hmm. I know that uh, I have always had an insatiable work ethic. That's always been true for me. I've always been. Uh, I think in the beginning, I was just that was just competitiveness. If I think of myself as a child, mm. Mm. I don't feel competitive anymore, but I do feel ravenous. I feel like you know I have a huge appetite for. Uh, and for has the that work. waned
0: at all throughout your when work as an actor?
2: I would say, if I have a day where, and this doesn't happen, luckily to me very often, if I have a day where I wake up and I think is this it, (laughs) is this what we're doing, is this our life, is this this it? That is like a fire alarm going off in my head. And I will also say I think it's easier for me in the sense that product-wise, what I believe I offer to this industry, as a creative, as an actor, as a host, as any of that, is passion, is enthusiasm, is excitement, is positivity. So it's very easy for me to make it a priority right. because I believe it's not only my ticket to my show, to the show, but I believe it's also the gold I bring into the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I go on sets, that's what I wanna bring. I know these serious regulars, they're tired. They've been on a God knows how many years. And I really have the feeling of like, if I can come in this week and like bring some light, like w- how great of me. And I know that I'm a person who can and does do that. I also think it's a it's a muscle, and and speaking to those actors coming off of the series and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I do experience that when you get to the other side of the mountain, and you're like, "So this is the other side of the mountain?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that you know that's something that I don't know that anyone can tell you, right? That it's to me that's no different than deciding, you know, oh, I remember making the shift from. my favorite part of acting in theater was like the applause at the end of a show to then my favorite part of acting in theater was the rehearsal, right? And I felt like I maybe lost this thing that used to make me so happy. But I gained this other thing that made me happy, and I think that with any transition in your career and a new level, um, I think it's important to find... To come up to a place of like, okay, so if, is this it? Okay, so if this is it, do I love this? Is this still exciting to me?
1: Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Yeah, you know, evaluating, what, what your, right? What your why is yeah. in all of this. Like, why are you doing this? Because it, it, like you said, it's not it's not.
2: I mean, easy. I love the why. I have to tell you, I get emails regularly of people who are like, I just want you to know. I mean, I got four emails last week from actors who were like, I just want you to know I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I quit acting this week. And I want to thank you for that. Wow. And I love that because I think like I'm so happy that people are able to see what the lifestyle really looks like and then have an honest conversation with themselves that's based off of like not just me, but a lot of people coming together and saying, this is what this life commitment is. What the work is. Yeah. Do you want to commit to this for life? Because you can be an actor and love acting and be passionate about acting and you can get applause and you can do all kinds of things. But do you want to spend your life pursuing this art form as like your main life pursuit?
1: And as you said, people can do it and be hobbyists and go do it in other ways or right, find it. Doesn't have to be all it or doesn't, nothing. Yeah, or find other exactly versions right. of their creative. I you mean, know, all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: how many people do you know that are fulfilled? You know, they, they have skills as an actor and they move it to something else. And their skills that they had as an actor are actually really valuable in this other thing that they've moved it yeah, to. Yeah. And then they find that they're really cre- creative still. They're really exciting. And they're still acting, right? And I think this idea of... Um, you know, people talk about it as a profession versus a hobby, and I think it's, it's maybe still got this, like, tinge of dirt on it. And I'm like, you know, there are people out there who spend thousands and thousands of dollars on their hobby, and they are really good at it, and they get a lot of recognition, and they love it. But the idea of, like, making a retirement fund out of making and decorating cakes doesn't actually sound exciting to them. But competing in kickoffs sounds like the best time hey, ever. The
1: Great British banking that's Show, it. my favorite show in the world. But those people also, yes. you know, th- that's the exciting part: watching them go from being unprofessional to professional. professional. So, what yeah. does professional even mean? Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Just in terms of if you really being a professional means you have to be willing to put in the time and and the and for the focus. And take that drive forward Mm -hmm. without giving up the the heart and the love of this thing. So it's that interesting balance.
2: Well, and then I think we get into a real interesting discussion about uh, one of the things I'm really excited about talking about more and more is money and how much it costs to pursue this career versus how much you make in it in the beginning and what a financial payoff looks like. And I think that we've been really dishonest with people in this industry about what that actually is in the landscape. And if we're not going to teach actors about finances and we're not going to teach actors about what that really looks like, then I think we're doing all of us a disservice in our community. I think that's essentially lying. And so I've become really passionate about making sure actors know, okay, well, you're going to spend this much money in class. And then like a really good year in the beginning of your career, you might book like three guests or three co-stars. Well, that's cool. But those three co-stars are paying you $1,100 each, plus you're paying out your manager, your agent, and Uncle Sam. So now you've made like $700 times three. Maybe, depending on if it's streaming or if it's network, you're going to get residuals on that eventually, or maybe they'll continue. And so you're not gonna see a large return on your investment for a minute. And that's true for a lot of businesses. But when you look at it as a business, as opposed to, again, this wishful, hopeful, sort of Harry Potter sort of idea, I think that then actors can really actually plan accordingly for the lifestyle ahead. And,
0: and I think that, that planning means separating your finances from your art pretty mm-hmm. consistently. So mm-hmm. then, again, like we're, we're challenging this notion of what does it mean to pursue an acting career as a professional when, mm-hmm. you know, unscientific poll, but 3 to 6% of actors are working at any given time. That's right. Uh, and in Los Angeles, if you want a family, uh, $92,000 minimum for, for a family of four. Yes. So, and, you know, similarly of New York. Or That's right. Sydney, you know, London, That's Atlanta, right. et cetera. These are these are expensive places to live
2: with a housing and, and and just economic inflation rate in these cities that is not matching the inflation rate of the actor and what the actor is making. No doubt. And, and
1: and there's a it is there is this fantastical notion that if you you get those two co-stars, mm-hmm. you've made it and you're going to get paid gobs of money, mm-hmm. or that it's going to immediately lead right. to the guest star and then the mm-hmm. series regular mm-hmm. in the course of a year. Mm-hmm. And and you know you got to get right with the idea that that doesn't. Ever happen or rarely happens. Sure,
0: I talk about this a lot. That yeah. like uh, when I booked a TV series was 22 episodes on the air. Mm. It was like syndicated shows back in the day. Mm-hmm. It yielded 350 thousand dollars. Cut it in half for taxes, agent, mm-hmm. manager, mm-hmm. lawyer, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't work really the next year except a 3 thousand dollar indie. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden it's 50 something a year. That's right. And uh, you know booked a little bit here or there the next year did okay the next. Uh, it evens out. So you're better off indeed if you're in it for the money mm-hmm. to 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 get some sort of job that yields 50 60 thousand. <laughs> Right. over the right. course of a uh, long time so and forget about saving or mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. this is challenging and yeah. i think as per i think it was the atlantic mm. uh this article about the death of the artist and the birth of the uh uh, um, artist entrep- entrepreneur, entrepreneur which brings great. us to oh, great. the podcast and that oh, was called the transition before go we no, go to that I just yeah, want yeah. to say
2: to the, what you just said because uh, I think it's really important yeah. for actors to know I really don't think that we've been lied to so much as the model has changed and I just think that's really important and wise you know part of what I really like about your studio and what I like about people who are currently really steeped in the industry talking to actors about the industry versus somebody who's maybe not been in it for a minute is that you know then the the models change and right now we don't have uh, with streaming video on demand and so many of this like television bang right has been great, except that the payment structure isn't what the payment structure was when there was 10 TV shows on the air. And it used to be that you could do three guest stars, and you could literally feed your family yeah. off of three guest stars but a year. And I remember paying
1: people like that, and it was, yeah. it's was it been heartbreaking to say to an actor, you know, you, oh, you you think you should be getting 20 grand an episode, yes. 25 grand an episode, and then 10 years later, later. it's top of show, which is yeah. now max eight grand. That's exactly right. And then that's the best, that and so people are having to cut their money. And, and by
0: the way, you're on the phone with the other side of it like fighting for actors to try to get that's them. That's exactly yeah, you know, right. Yeah. Outs, and and and, and, you're and tr- getting a lot of pushback.
1: A lot of pushback because people don't have the budget right. supposedly, supposedly or actor, right. and so yeah. you're right the model has changed. So, so it's it's really and it, it's changed in commercials.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. So it used to be that then you would do it theatrically and then if you were a commercial actor you couldn't be a theatrical actor or the, or there was a stigma about it. There was like, oh, you yeah. do commercial. Yeah. And then that went away. And yeah. then suddenly you could do commercials and you could do theatrical and then your commercial career could float your theatrical career and then as lot of the, uh, commercial uh, production has gone overseas then that means that and gone to non-union well see people so. say non-union but what that actually means numbers wise is it's actually not non-union shooting in the united states it's actually non-union shooting overseas, overseas yeah. so the production is just like they're just hiring act because all some all the commercials where nobody speaks well you can just shoot that in england have nobody speak and then have these like montages and stuff with the logo over it. And that doesn't matter. You have to pay
1: anybody. You don't have
2: to anybody. You don't have to continue to pay them, right? Yeah. So there's production flight, right? Yeah. Which is true for any business model since the internet has occurred. And that's just happening to ours in the most recent years with a really heavy hand. So now, you know, when you would make $50,000 off of a commercial and you could just book one and then work on your theatrical career, that model's changing. And so I think just really being honest with each other is what I really encourage actors to do about what the financial landscape actually is now so that people can stop feeling bad about what their finances really look like and stop being exploited so that they can feel like, um, oh, well, I I did this thing. I'm in this thing. So people can see that I'm in this thing when actually, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people are broken in debt and lying about it regardless of the, that they have yeah, right yeah. And,
0: yeah absolutely and I think you know it's interesting to talk about honesty and lying mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and and it's yes the the model has changed I mean I happen to think in the same way that like a romantic comedy, Lies mm. about love, like it's something yes. one falls into. Yeah. It's the same sort of deal that I think. I so then the trick then is on the actor to to have that dream which mm-hmm. inspires, mm-hmm. but that, that get get down to some real shit thereafter. And like, yeah. let's look at this for what it is and not buy into the lie or allow mm-hmm. ourselves because it's easier to be in a place where we're not. But think, but one day, uh, yeah. You know, and uh,
1: and that's what I love about what you've done um, mm. in your career, mm-hmm. um, and and to get to the podcast because mm-hmm. it's 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 an understandable, um, a clear clear journey to Mm, that. mm. But the fact that you, I mean, I love the story that you told me once Mm. about Hiring somebody to come to your house yeah. and every day for a month, you know, working with you mm-hmm. uh, to practice self tapes. Yes. So what is it? What is that thing? And first of all, what is that thing in you mm. that drives you to that? Mm-hmm. And secondly, what does that do for you, mm-hmm. both in in your heart, in your soul, mm-hmm. and in your career?
2: Yeah. So I and would... and
1: your craft growth, all of that.
2: Great. So I would say, uh, again, that's that's just really having the humility, however however crushing that might come to you, that perhaps. I'm not as good at something as I thought that I was. And I had to have a real humility check, ego check, because my work in class was of a certain caliber, but then my booking numbers didn't match that. Mm -hmm. And I had to be really honest with myself about that. And that was a very painful experience to have that recognition. And I think that's common for a lot of actors. So then I really it's again, this thing of like, okay, so then what am I gonna do? Am I going to make myself small? Am I gonna continue to hide in class? Am I gonna continue to feed my ego? Or am I gonna like really look in the face of this thing that I need to get better at? And if somebody had told me, God knows how many years ago, that what an actor really does is they audition. Like you audition most of the time. And then sometimes you work. And even the series regulars, they're still auditioning. I think there's this idea that's based off of, like, 1998 that, like, eventually you stop auditioning. But my friends who are, like, Emmy-nominated, Emmy-winning actors, they're still doing self-tapes. And so I made the decision that I needed to get better at it. I just needed to. I just wasn't as good as I needed to be, and I thought the proof was in the pudding.
0: Why weren't you as good as it? Like, what was, was there resistance to it? No, was the... just
2: hours, honestly. You know, I went to a conservatory, and this is true for most conservatory trainings. You actually don't work on auditioning. You work on the acting part. And so you're working on your instrument. You're working on your craft. You're working on understanding material and capacity of the self, right? Emotional capacity, you know, maybe timing, Shakespeare, whatever it is. But we didn't audition for roles, we were cast in them.
0: And the difference is what for you?
2: Between working on auditions versus? Like what What
0: specifically is that work of the audition versus working on oh acting? Oh
2: God, what a huge loaded question. Uh, there's a lot of similarities, but I would say I basically break it down to a few things. Uh, story, 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 that when I was working on Arthur Miller, and I had six weeks of rehearsal and a director, I didn't have to be a story ninja because I just had to sort of show up and somebody would direct me through the story and I would be present and another actor would like be amazing and then I would just kind of be amazing, right? Eventually we get there. But when I'm working on television sides that were written at three o'clock in this morning for just the audition, they're probably gonna rewrite them. I barely get a breakdown. I don't get an episode. I'm doing it alone. I'm doing it alone. Yeah. I have to do a lot of ninjing to sort of just discover what the story is I'm trying to tell. And then I find that there's the story, then there's me in the story. What does Audrey bring to this story? Not just in a personal level, but in a like, what does my face look like? What does my hair do? What is because it is often those things. And then there's also understanding that there's like what the writers wrote for producers and network to read so they get the episode then there's probably what they're going to shoot and what they're going to edit and then there's me in the audition i don't get the benefit of cutting to the other actor's face for the reaction i don't get the benefit of like a little like cut to a a camera shot of me holding a coffee mug, shaking the mug a little bit to help tell the story that I'm nervous. I don't get the benefit of the art department setting the tone in grays and blues, right? I don't always get that. So in-person auditions is one craft. Obviously, uh, Self Tapes has its own um, different craft. But to me, it's about solving how do I show them myself in this story, in the framework of this little box that is given and no reaction shots, no behavior shots, none of that sort of stuff. What's really in my power to solve this story? And then, am I too freaked out? Am I too nervous? Am I too, that my, that my talent can't even come through. So I'd say in the beginning, I was just trying to see if my talent could come through because I had so much on auditioning. Like, because I, so, I had so much passion for my career. Um, and then once I got through that, it was a lot of me then figuring out some more logistical stuff like, okay, what's, how how is Audrey intimidating? I feel like in life I can be intimidating, but on camera, I'm just such a chipmunk. It was harder for it to come across. I have like a real chipmunk little face. And so in life, I'm five foot 10 on camera, you don't get all of that in an audition. You don't get my whole physical presence. You just get usually like my shoulders up. So that to me changed a little bit of the awareness of what I, it just expanded my awareness, I would say of what I bring to the table.
1: And so what did you do to, when you said, so I, I you know, I hit that point of humility and you yes. go, Breaking to yes. say I need to do more because I'm I know I love this and I'm talented, but it's maybe not coming through.
2: Well, yes. What I also really believe in is that you have to what I call prepave. You have to plan for the next phase ahead. And so I knew I wanted to be on a show and I knew I wanted to be a series regular, I knew I wanted a career of that size. And then I was looking at the actors I know who had that and they were learning sixty-five pages a day. Like pilot season is just a just a shit show of sides, right? So they were suddenly and I knew I didn't have the capacity for that. Mm-hmm. I knew if somebody was like, "Here's pilot season. You're going to get four, which is four weeks now, right? And you're going, if you should be so lucky, you're going to get ten auditions this week. Each one is going to require five to fifteen pages each. Can I do that? That's a lot. And I knew I could not. So I hired uh, some people uh, at various times uh, to come over during pilot season. And I gave myself a pretend pilot season and I read all the pilots and I received them. I had somebody come over and just work it with me Mm. as though this was my audition tomorrow. And then the next day I would give myself one take to see how I did.
1: And that was your practice. That was my practice.
2: that, That was not because I had pilot auditions, but my first year... So that's prepping for pilot season, but before then I was doing self-tips four times a week just sort of on my own, okay? And that was like me just like starting with like, can I learn a page? And, you know, and then perform it. And then testing all sorts of casting categories. What does my lawyer look like? What does my doctor look like? What does my mom look like? What does my weird secretary look like? Like just looking at it, right? And, but by the time I got into like pilot season uh, practice, my first year really working that, I did that. I think f- January like fifteenth through the end of February, and it was mar- March that I had my audition for Godless, and then I heard that I booked it. I think. And you think that had a direct correlation? I can't imagine it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the person that I had hired to help me with learning sides is the same person that I called to help me work the sides for that um, for that opportunity, and. I do think there's something to normalizing the whole experience. That sure. if you have an audition, you have an audition, and you have an audition. Either it's a fake audition or it's a real audition. But if you're working lots of fake auditions, then when you get a real one, it's not like oh god, I have this opportunity. Like how am I ever going to do that? It's like, okay, uh, you know, 14 pages today. Great, I can do this.
1: I mean, what is it that that and you talked about this a little bit well what is that thing that that moment of humility that Mm -hmm. moment of you know ego busting to say i i just don't know how to do this uh, and the belief that this will actually work some of it is the hard work of it Mm -hmm. but there's this thing that you have that is important for all actors to really know because not everybody has that Mm -hmm. thing that they wake up in the morning and say this is what i have to do
2: yeah i feel that Honestly, it's maybe even just a perspective change. Like, I realized that I was willing to pay somebody to act in an acting class. Like, I was willing to literally give money out for the opportunity to act. But then when it came to acting for free, so not even at cost, but for free, which is what an audition was, suddenly I had like an attitude problem about it. Mm. And so I realized, like, if I'm gonna pay somebody to act, and I'm going to give it my all. I mean, I'm really going to go for it. Like, then why wouldn't I do that then just for free? That didn't seem to make sense to me. And so that is a perspective change. But also, I just, like, love acting. I just love it. Like, I mean, I just get so emotional. I just love it so much, you know? And I remember sitting down and, like, I did this class and... uh They had us talk about like, what are some like things that we want? Like, what are some like, I think it was like material things or like, you know, travel or house or whatever, like, what are some goals of things that you want? And honestly, like, I just felt like I just, I want this acting thing and I want to act like this and I want to do this acting thing and I want to do that acting thing. And that's, that's the most exciting thing to me
0: you know, hearing all of this hard work, Mm. uh, sounds exhausting to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm referencing my trauma from when I pursued an acting career years ago, uh, through some of those intense pilot seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, so when do you let the guards down? When do you just say, I just need some time for me to fill the tank and do nothing Mm -hmm. and not be in pursuit and not cross off the list. Yeah. Just be,
2: I think again, it's easier because for me to know that I have to do that because I actually have to have a lot of energy for the work I do because so much of my work is either really intensely emotional stuff where I have to really have the energy to do it, um, or uh, like, be, or a casting that is enthusiastic and energetic, and you know I have to be really sharp and in, in timing and stuff like that. And so self care when I go through my priorities, self care is number one. Self care, you know, I mean. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested in like an acting career that then destroys me. Like I'm just not interested, right? I want like a quality of life, and I want acting to be a, to be a great contributor to a really high quality of life. But if I want something that's going to make me miserable, I'll choose another career.
0: What's the self-care regimen?
2: I nap a lot.
1: <laughs> you know. do? Oh, you're oh, so lucky. Yeah. I
2: wish I could. No, bed. I know. I do. I oh, feel so lucky God. about it. I do. I nap a lot, and I, I take a lot of baths. And I just, uh, I, I actually, I'm actually a person who has to schedule downtime. Like I have to decide that between, you know, I usually will get my audition notifications by like 7:30, and so, you know, sometime between three and 7:30, I have to shut down, because if I get the audition notification and I don't have at night the energy, yeah, at yeah. night, mm-hmm. and I don't have the energy, to do my best work and give my best foot forward, then I feel like, what am I doing? So I do, I I force myself to shut down. It can be watching a show. If I feel like I still want to be a little bit active, I can do something a little more active. Um, I go to the museums all the time. Got a favorite? I go to LACMA all the time. I leave LACMA and I I just want to cry. I'm so happy that it's Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. I just think it's such a, a beautiful gift. And... I love this town. I see my friends pretty regularly. I schedule that so I don't see them too much and then I don't see them too little. I schedule, <laughs> like I see my friends, I see a friend once a week mm-hmm. by myself and then I see a friend with my husband like once a week and we don't do more and we don't do less, but I, I I prioritize, yeah.
0: So we've been threatening to get to this podcast okay. uh, for quite yeah. some time. But, okay. Okay. Okay.
2: but in all of the ambition and yeah, all of the sure.
1: thing, somehow this led you to... Uh, Create this podcast. podcast. What was the mother mm-hmm. of that? Yeah.
2: Oh, goodness. Uh, Audrey Helps Actors, yes. which is the podcast. The podcast which is, yes, Audrey Helps yes. Actors. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, I, you know, an actor can have a lot of downtime, as you may have heard, as the rumors are true, uh, that between audition opportunities, there's actually quite a bit of time. And I, I think, first of all, I wanted something to do with my time that could. Be something I could put more time into or less time into, depending on the week of the audit, you know, how busy the auditions were. Uh, it was actually, uh, I was going to do it as a vlog initially, but again, I didn't want to get dressed all the time. So I, so my husband's like, well, what about a podcast? We didn't have any, I mean, he did, he knew it would be, become what it would be. I didn't have any idea that it would become what it has become, but I really, my, my intentions are information Community, compassion, I really feel that we're in the dark as actors about a lot of stuff.
0: So in terms in terms of that that downtime that you talk about, I think a yeah. lot of actors relate to that. That oftentimes when someone an actor comes to some sort of place of birthing some new mm-hmm. venture. It comes from a place of, I'm, I'm frustrated, I want something mm-hmm. more. Was that the case for you? Was it you looking to focus elsewhere and to express your creativity elsewhere?
2: No. <laughs> no, to be honest. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, your journey, great. No, yeah. for me, it was uh, so I could be, a l- in the sense that it was so I could be a little less obsessed about my actual, do I have an audition today? Yes. Right. Um, but I also knew that, actors, like, like leads on shows and the kind of people that I, the kind of characters I hope to be, um, able to create in my career, they have really strong points of view and really strong voices. And I also felt that a podcast was a really powerful way for me to continue to hone on in on what my voice is, what's special about my voice, what is, uh, my point of view that is attractive to people and what is some of my point of view that is not so great to people. I think both are really powerful and good to know. Mm -hmm. And it has helped me to really understand a lot of what I bring to the table so I can stand confidently in bringing what I bring to the table to the auditions and to the work. So I would say that's like a selfish um, pursuit. But it's
1: very self-aware and very clear in terms of crafting your Mm -hmm. journey
2: towards your goal. Yes.
0: And in terms of this is so, it's exciting for us because this is the kind of thing that we want Mm -hmm. every actor to do, whatever their thing Mm -hmm. is, right? Mm for that very reason, it, mm-hmm. it offers balance to a certain extent, and you can find yourself in another pursuit that doesn't perhaps have so much mm-hmm. uh, stuff uh, attached to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you decided to do it, mm-hmm. was there a nod to elements of identity mm-hmm. of, but I'm an actor, and if I'm doing this other thing, does it conflict, does it not? How did yeah. how do you integrate the two, and did you think of that when you started it?
2: I do really want to talk about that, because in listening to a lot of your other episodes, you, I know you guys are so passionate as a studio about creating your own projects, and i have a lot of thoughts about that myself uh, i think that it can be really powerful and i also think actors need to be really really aware because i have seen what i call project hopping happen a lot so project hopping i describe project as project topping
1: or hopping hopping, hopping. Like yeah. hop
2: right yeah. so i describe that as an actor maybe really needs to get better at auditioning because they're just not getting the results that they need and they feel very disempowered. And so what they do is they say, I'm gonna go feel empowered, I'm gonna write something, right? And they write something and then they discover that writing and creating something is also quite hard and takes a lot of work and is expensive. And so they get to a certain place with that thing that they wrote that's sort of just beyond the initial feeling of empowerment and then they start to feel like, you know what? I'm an actor. I'm going to go back to this acting class. And they go back to this other acting class. And then they, again, face the thing that they need to face to just have growth. And they go, you know what? Uh, I'm a director. I'm going to direct my own thing. I'm going to go hop over to directing. And then, again, that feels empowering in the beginning. But then they realize that that is also expensive and hard work. And it takes a lot to make it happen. And then they get to a certain place of that, usually editing hell, right? And then they're like, you know what? I'm an actor, and they go back to acting. And I just think it's really important that actors be very aware of that possibility. I've seen it really derail a lot of careers.
0: Might, they, might that that wall that someone would hit in whatever pursuit they have, which right. is probably innate in them, have come up no matter what they're doing? So I, the thing I they're think doing that's is
2: sort it. I think that that's the point. And yeah. I think that uh, there's a lot of talk that is very exciting about like create your own work, create your own projects, blah, 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 blah. And I, I agree, I think like, yes, there, this is the time and, and that's only gonna grow and expand and there is a lot of evidence to the power of that. I also say that you should check your intentions and if your intentions are, I just feel so disempowered in my career, again, I'm okay with that, but I think you have to be very clear on like, are you protecting your ego? Or are you actually trying to create something that you're really passionate about? And that might be that you have a casting you feel that doesn't exist right now or people are giving an opportunity. So you're going to create your own casting and you're going to create a project that shows what you can do. But actually going into the creative side is a really, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. And I just say to people, it's not easier.
1: It's not easier. It depends what your goals are. I so but agree I, with you. So if you want to, we've had actors come here to the studio and just shoot a scene in the kitchen, which mm-hmm. I just saw someone post it mm-hmm. today um, mm-hmm. on uh, Millie and, and Tony did it. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about that was they just practice. It was another way of practicing. So, so their ambitions were not necessarily, I'm going to go make an Academy Award mm-hmm. winning festival movie. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to get in front of the camera and do it in this forum mm-hmm. to practice their craft Love that. and to to try some things on. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, it's like it depends what your what your goals are. If you're mm-hmm. going to go into this and and slap something together in order to make some movie that, and then you realize, oh, that was harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. A, you do need to know what that is, and and we, you know we actually have a a class here about that, like how yeah. to really learn how to produce, yeah, so that you know what the reality is. Yeah, I
2: love but that.
1: I I do also believe that if you're going to hit the wall Mm -hmm. go ahead and hit the wall there too i agree you know in that Mm -hmm. you are going to come up against i'm thinking of a particular actor who Mm. is in class with us who and you know we shoot stuff here we make stuff here and 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 it's the practice of it and then if something comes of that great you can submit it to a festival Mm. or you can turn it into a feature or you can you know write something else Mm -hmm. but what what it does do is it, it 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 brings you right up against that same resistance, those same obstacles, mm-hmm. and then you need to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And this particular actor said, you know, this is, is hard, and it's I'm coming up against the same thing. So then the question is, what is that thing? What yes. is that wall that you keep coming up against in everything, okay. in your life, in your finances, in your mm-hmm. acting, in your mm-hmm. auditioning, mm-hmm. in your career, and in your making work? Mm-hmm. And so now there's some real Mm self-reflection and 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 real personal work that has to happen you know and then then you know, I think it's just not being in the fantasy world of it, but I love the idea, actually, of an actor going into that place and mm-hmm. hitting that wall. Mm-hmm. If they're going to be hopping back and forth and bouncing mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. then they're just going to keep pursuing something that's never going to happen, and they're going to be in that place of lack of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you have this great ability to mm-hmm. be self-aware, mm-hmm. um, and I think whatever it takes to get somebody there.
2: Well, maybe that's something that we can really talk about. I think that would be really helpful for actors to discuss between the three of us. Yeah. Like, I think... How does an actor have self-awareness, honestly? Because I really think that a lot of the draw of this profession is is a little delusion. Like it's this. It is the Harry Potter syndrome. It's that like I'm just sort of maybe an innately magical, and somebody will see that. And, and somebody
1: be- told me I was magical, in ba- you know, in in theater school. Hundred percent. Or my parents yes, did. Yes. Yes. Or, mom or, or yeah, you yeah. know. And, and some- also,
2: you may be actually really magical. Yeah. Like you know, you are. Where I believe that we're all magical, but. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I was just thinking of there's a particular teacher we worked with and in, 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 who came and did some writing work with us. And I love what she said, Jessica, which was. This notion of talent mm-hmm. is is false because you think mm-hmm. you're, you're talented, or you're not talented. Some people mm-hmm. may have a, a more innate ability, mm-hmm. the Meryl Streeps of the world, to just mm-hmm. find a way to tap into that thing. Mm-hmm. But your talent is what you decide you, you do with it, mm-hmm. and the magic happens when you do the work. Mm-hmm. And I think we come back to the idea that actors forget that this is this is hard work. If you're you, you know mm-hmm. you're putting in your ten thousand hours, or you're mm-hmm. going to medical school for ten mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. but then you come to acting with this magical notion that. You know, it's just gonna happen because I love it, and somebody applauded for me once mm-hmm. and told me I was great. Mm-hmm. So here I am, world, and I talk to all these young actors now mm-hmm. who are friends of my daughters who are coming mm-hmm. out of college mm-hmm. and they're hitting New York or LA and mm-hmm. they're calling me and going. Mm-hmm. I Wait, need to get what? an agent. Uh, can you help me? Yeah. And it's so much undoing of a mm-hmm. belief mm-hmm. of this magical thinking. Because
0: part of it is this this antiquated industrial model, this this uh, machine, this system mm-hmm. that is the mm-hmm. industry yeah. that doesn't account for uh, nor is interested in your magic or not. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know about shareholders and whatever else. It's sure. not. It's made up of interesting individuals mm-hmm. who might have a be, be wildly They care about the magic
2: if it equals money. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but yeah. And, and if they can see it and tap it yeah, right exactly. into it right there. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that it's,
0: it's that again that understanding of. Mm -hmm. what this thing actually is and Mm -hmm. not perpetuating the ignorance in yourself and Mm -hmm. others uh, Mm -hmm. to know what it is. I believe there is magic uh, of a profound level in the work itself and pursuing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. for its own sake, by the way, you probably Mm -hmm. have to have another job to to pay Mm -hmm. your bills Mm -hmm. while you're doing it, Mm -hmm. uh, that that uh, creates uh, room for the system to potentially process you uh, Mm -hmm. should it choose, But, uh, but maybe not.
1: I think it's healthy to know that you may be struggling in a particular area that you need to work on. And I, I and you do that, you know that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that kind of self-awareness is like, you know what, I'm not getting in rooms, or I'm mm-hmm. not getting in rooms for the parts I should be getting in for, mm-hmm. or I'm walking in rooms and not booking because, and coming back to, so what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm. You know, in mm-hmm. myself, in my craft, in my audition process, whatever that is, mm-hmm. I think that's really useful. And that's the self-awareness of mm-hmm. it. Um, so for me, it's, it, 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 it is about... Uh, figuring out what it is that you do well and love, that you love mm-hmm. and being, whether it is the, I'm going to practice auditioning for mm-hmm. six weeks and doing self-tapes and then when that one thing comes, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's what do you need to do to be ready mm-hmm. for the work, for the industry
0: when it calls. And that can include letting go. I mean, that can include letting yeah. go of uh, some sort of obsessive pursuit, which I think happens a lot with actors. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. a better way to say it is like it—it just—it's—it's it's an understanding, mm-hmm. a deeper understanding that the business is not here mm-hmm. to pay your bills and validate mm-hmm. you as a human being and, and fill up your artistic you. tank. Yeah. It's just not. It doesn't yeah. have that ability. You know.
2: I, well, I would say yes, and also you have to do that yourself. I would say. It does have the ability to pay your bills and it does have the ability to make you feel great. It's not its purpose. It's not its purpose, but it's also maybe not consistent. And so I would say are all jobs like having a job. Sure you're not always gonna feel great about your job, you're not always gonna feel like you're making the money you need to and want to make, that that's just having a job. And I think one way to cut through delusion is to realize, I mean, it's a, it's a job, and lots of people, most people, whatever their job is, they come home from work, they're emotional, they're upset about how the day went, and they have days that went really well, and so sort of contextualizing it is in a normalizing way is maybe helpful also.
0: And it's amazing how you maintain that that mm. mindset as, mm-hmm. as uh, and again, I, well, I always go to the place of like, but how can you bring that to other people? How can you teach that? Is it mm-hmm. innate? Is it is it learned? Is it a trait? Such
2: a great question. Uh, right?
0: But you know, uh,
2: yeah, it depends yeah. on the
0: person, perhaps. But it does. W- uh, yeah. I, I do. Uh, at some point, we're going to talk about your podcast. Which okay, great. Really okay. no, no, so we talked we
2: about how been. you to how you right. got there right. and yeah, why you sure. did it. Yeah. So
1: what is it? How did it surprise you in terms mm. of its success mm. and reaching yeah. other people? Mm. And success. what does it do for you?
2: Right, So I would say uh, how it has surprised me is that I just didn't, I mean, I knew that there wasn't a podcast like it. I knew that when I thought about podcasts about actors, it was all publicity for the most part, or it was like, how do I get my first headshot? And I knew that the majority of everyone I knew was very much in between that. And there's a large gap in between that, that most actors fall in. And I was pissed about it. Honestly, I was pretty pissed about that there wasn't access to something like that. So what it does, how it surprised me is, is I would say, the ravenous appetite of this community for that information, for that voice. I think that people want to be empowered by knowledge, and I think people want to have somebody say, like, yeah, no, that's how that is. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes like, yeah, that's how that is. Isn't that great? And sometimes like, yeah, no, that's, it was the haircut. That's how that was, right? And sort of normalize it in context and and support each other through that. I also find that uh, I get stopped in the grocery store and somebody was like, oh, you know, I'm really, I just met with this coach that I heard about on your podcast and I just booked two jobs. And then also I've just, you know, like I said, I just quit acting. Like, I think that's really powerful Uh, so that surprised me how it's um, helped me and informed me I would say I think I have risen my own bar of what I want to do in my execution as an actor say more I think most actors aren't lazy I think most actors just don't have an awareness of how good they need to be like how high the bar really is and I find that when I talk to actors who work all the time, their level of execution is really high. And part of that's practice, but part of it is just knowing how high it has to be. And through the podcast, I think I've I've gained a lot of insight about how mm-hmm. high my own, how high I want my own bar. And in a way, that's actually really fun and really exciting and really challenging. That's great. Yeah. So that's. Um,
0: and how's it affected your career?
2: Oh, God. Um, relationships are always really valuable in this career. I think that now that I'm able to communicate to people, not as just an actress, but also as the host of this podcast, uh, empowers me in a, in a way that makes me feel less like a pyramid scheme salesman. Right. Like as an actor, I always feel like talking to anyone on the other side feels a little bit like I want to sell them knives. Right. And I'm like, hey, do you want to buy my knives, please? And this is like, hey, um, do you want to come over to my house and talk about things? And they know I sell knives, (laughs) you know, like they know it's there. So that's been really. really good. It has helped me in understanding what I bring as far as my voice is concerned. I think that's definitely occurred. Uh, it's gotten me just, it's it's opened my relationships up in terms of the union, in terms of creatives on the other side. Uh, you know, I had a, a self-tape last week, and the uh, production company that's doing the self-tape, a director that I just recorded an episode with, happened to direct a lot of the episodes of their last project. And so, like, That's now another another relationship, another contact that can be used. So I also want to say what surprised me is uh, how actors, here's what it is, how actors of all levels really appreciate it. They really do, you know, whether they're newer or whether they're very seasoned, uh, they really find value in it. What's
0: the through line then? As much as you were talking about, like, Mm -hmm. you know, my first headshot, that actor versus, like, the series regular award-winning Friends you have. Mm -hmm. What is the through line so that the demographic is one listening to your show?
2: I think I speak a lot that it's possible. And I think people want to hear somebody say that it's possible.
1: Even if they've had it, if they've touched it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think enough people are, and enough of our own experiences make us feel that it's impossible. And... I think that people are really starving for practical things that can be done. Practical things that, practical information, you know, what, why do you need a lawyer? Does anyone know? You know, what is a pension credit? Does anyone know? Right? Like, these practical, what does my new commercial contract look like? Can you tell me what, it, I don't want to read it, right? Like so it hits a lot of levels of a lot of not everyone needs to know what a you know a an s-corp is but a lot of actors are at the place where they need to know what that is and if they should get one so it hits that level too i think we hit a lot of like practical business stuff and then we hit a lot of just like geeking out about acting we're sort of drama nerds i i just really believe in access i think this is the time of access of information and i i think that as I've given access of information, I've gotten so much out of it, personally and professionally. Sure. Yeah, and just a community and a camaraderie. I, I'm very proud of that. Yeah.
1: Do you feel like it's taken so much time and energy that it's? kept you away from other things that are important to your own mm-hmm.
0: personal evolution as an actor. And that comes up with actors right again, like yeah. speaking to those people who might want to do something like this, mm-hmm. but I don't want to shift focus.
2: Yeah, I love this question because I think it's very real. I'm a real believer in what you focus on expands. Yeah, I really am. And I think that takes a lot of self-discipline. You know, I mean, this is going to get into real crazy Audrey land, but like I, I track my time. I track it. I'm tracking this recording right now.
0: <laughs> How much time are we at for uh,
2: I don't know. Uh, no, but like I'm I'm at here on my phone, uh, I have a time tracker and I'm I'm logging my time because as an actor I don't get a schedule and so I'm making Doesn't sure Is that make
0: you anxious? Isn't that exhausting?
2: No. Yeah. No, it actually gives me peace of mind. That's, because great. Right. That's I feel, you need that
0: structure to Well, it's
2: not that I need the structure. I actually oh. just want to hold myself accountable. Oh. Because I'm the kind of person that like I will help others to the ends of the earth. I will I will show up for others at all times. Yeah. And so I have to cap myself and sure. say like, no, you're not gonna show up for other people at the cost of your own career, at the cost of your own self care, right? And so I can look at the week and I can see, oh, how much time have I put into the pursuit of my acting career, which is different than the craft of my acting career, right? Have I put in my hours in pursuit? So I think like anything, it's important to just be very self-aware. I I say this, I've, I've said it on my podcast, like I will drop my podcast in a heartbeat if it starts to really impede on my ability to do the work. Because it's the work first, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel that way. And not if I'm working on a show, if I'm casting something and then my reps want me to do a self tape that night, but I have to film tomorrow, my priority's the work. The job I'm paid to do for me, my set of values, is the job I'm working on right now. And if you need to do a self tape and it's gonna impinge on my ability to do the work for the job I have tomorrow, then I'm I'm like a snake eating its tail. I don't, yeah. I don't understand
1: that. And I, and I just want to do a PS to that. And yeah. this is for anybody listening. Yeah. Um, if you, if, if, I, if someone says to me, so-and-so is working, they can't get the self-tape done. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, super, really, truly interested in that person. Mm-hmm. I will find a way to have access to that person's work. You know, there, yeah. there really will be. It's like, no, we want Audrey to mm-hmm. uh, be in this thing. And we want to find a way for her to self-tape. We'll do it. You know, we'll figure it out. Yes. We'll look, and there's always a way. Yes. So just know that you have power in saying no. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. truth is a big thing.
2: Yeah, I think you know that's an interesting thing because a lot of people don't realize like you can say to your agents, "I need more time." Yes, you can. I need more time. Yes, you like, can. This is a giant five-page monologue, and yeah. you want it ready by twelve o'clock. Well, you tomorrow? know, it's
1: not going to be—it's not going to be at the level where you talk about having, you know, holding yourself yeah. accountable and having a certain right. bar. You're not going to get there. Whenever
0: we offer that to actors, they go, oh, "I couldn't could never
2: never. do that." Yeah, like, yeah. I'm being can I say? Yeah, I, would never. Like, I think one of the reasons I do have the booking ratio I do is because. Because I know about the other side, I know what's actually happening here. And so I can ask for things and not feel weird about it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, give me the script. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, then give me everyone's side. Sure. And they're like, okay. And then I get everyone's sides and I piece as much of the story as yes, I can. Sir. And you have a script. Right. And then yeah. I have a script. Yeah. And, then I, yeah. and then if there's something I don't know, I'm like, call casting at them, ask them what this is. And I have had my reps be like, you know, I mean, so just, you know, like Cassie's kind of put off about the fact that you're like asking all these questions, but then I'm, then I book it. And then so I don't care. One. Yeah. Yeah. You right? want to
1: do your best work and you want to have all the information and you're not going to do great work if you don't have that information. So, right. you know, why say I'm afraid to, I can't, that mm-hmm. would be horrible. Mm-hmm. Then you're, then you're cutting off, you know, all your possibilities. So yeah,
2: yeah. that's again, what you're yeah. saying about like the bar, yeah. like how high I want my own bar. It's like, well, I'm going to ask, they can tell me no. But it's my job to ask for what I need.
1: What seems like the through line in all of this mm. is how you have over starting from when you were seven years old in mm-hmm. that play right through mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. is figured out a way to hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. and to be on this track of pursuing this thing you love, but understanding everything that it takes to get there um, and doing all the hard work so that the so you can fly on the broomstick, you know, in the what is it? game quidditch yeah right exactly yeah you know it you know amount of focus with with a certain amount of focus not everybody can do what Mm -hmm. you do and this Mm -hmm. may be overwhelming Mm -hmm. to some people like i can't Mm -hmm. do all of that Mm -hmm. but what is your version to anybody i mean Mm -hmm. i ask myself this even listening to you Mm -hmm. what is my version of Mm -hmm. that kind of combination Mm -hmm. of love and drive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. self-awareness and pursuit of this thing like what does that look like for each person and and it takes it takes some real thinking and then Mm -hmm. some shifting
2: and I also say all of that, and then knowing that often it's not going to go in your favor. Yeah. Like, can you offer all of that, and know that still most of it's out of your hands? Like, to me, I think that's the real—that's the real question, right? Yeah. Like, can you? Uh, does that still sound like yes, yes, yes? I would be honored to. Yes. Right? It's a—it's a—it's a, it's a big ask.
1: In yeah. honesty, But right? you have to, you have to, you have to love it enough mm-hmm. to, uh, to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, anything, any last words, anything else you want to oh, touch goodness. on that is um, important to you?
2: I, I do want to say, like, I really encourage people, um, not to hold themselves up to my impossible standard of myself. I think I so agree with I don't what think you it's said.
0: impossible. I, I, and I, I uh, I, I mean, that's a podcast in itself, right? Well, but do like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I that, think that I people it. can
2: listen and then feel discouraged. And what I want, I love what you said, what the both of you said of, like, whatever your Their way version. is of that, yeah, for sure. I think that's what's really important. Because
0: I'll work doggedly about certain things. Like, the way I raise my kids mm-hmm. is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The way I, I deal with and think about and mm-hmm. you and I talk about, like, the work itself, mm-hmm. Uh we think about it and and act in those terms Mm -hmm. and, and are that doggedly focused on it. Yeah. Um, So it's about intention and what you're interested in. And for sure, whatever your version is of that.
2: And even what you were saying about like scripts and breaking down scripts and everything. I want to be also really clear with everybody that like, I'm like, I nerd out on story now, but it's because I've spent most of my training just being present, being available, being emotional, being all that. And so now the balance comes in to, like, what structure. And you might be an actor who, like, like, is in their head about structure all the time, and you need to maybe massage some of the impulses and all that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah. right?
1: And it's all of those things and and, and and shifting from one to the other, exploring all of it and mm-hmm. keep coming back to the thing that you need to work on at that particular moment in time, but yes. coming back to the fact that you do this because you love it, which yeah. is clear that you do love mm-hmm, it yeah. and this is your way mm-hmm. of pursuing and exercising that and creating that standard of excellence for yourself so that the magic is attainable.
2: Mm-hmm. Even the magic that... I just want to experience, regardless, honestly, regardless of results. Yeah.
0: Thank yeah. you for being here. We Thank love you. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Thank you. That really
2: fun. Yay. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Great.
1: We are thrilled and moved by the response to the podcast. We love reaching actors all over the world, actors like you, who tell us that our podcast inspires them, informs them, and makes them excited and proud to be an actor.
0: Yeah, but make no mistake, an acting career is won by being in the consistent practice of the work. Week after week, month after month, year after year, success for an actor is in the doing.
1: So, here at the BGB studio, we offer the highest quality acting training for passionate, committed, talented, and ambitious actors. We see that kind of work transform talent into successful careers and that makes us so happy
0: there is no substitute for doing the work consistently and we offer the work of success we are the home of your 10,000 hours we offer ongoing and eight-week on-camera auditions scene study and workout classes they're available now so sign
1: up now to secure a spot and get
0: to work go to braemangarciabrawn.com
1: slash classes or click the link for classes in the podcast show notes we'll see you in class we love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to the acting podcast. Then find us on Apple podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world.
0: Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. Come visit us online at the bgbstudio.com. Jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful.